Hi everyone, here's what's bothering me tonight. Uh, it's the Canadian Thanksgiving weekend, and there's no way in hell I'm going to be able to justify doing the whole Sunday sum up the morning and early afternoon of the Sunday while also having some cooking to do for Thanksgiving. So I'm recording this on a Saturday night, uh, but don't worry, we got a lot of content. In fact, spoiler alert, there was so much content, I'm actually deliberately going to cut some of this stuff out because it's all related to a same sort of tangential story. And I'll just make a video on that and that'll be another like decent chunk of stuff right there. So yeah, that's the kind of week it's been. And uh, I guess it's time that we start with uh, just arguably the biggest banger of them all, and I'm sure we all saw this headline. Give Amazon and Facebook a seat at the United Nations. Given the scope of their ambitions and our dependence on them, Behemoth brand should be treated and held to account for what they really are, commercial superpowers. Fuck off. Like, actually, just fuck off. We're gonna hold them to account. Yeah, you know, we would have to start by actually, you know, properly ensuring that they pay their employees and uh if we're going to hold them to similar international standards then maybe we should also uh put sanctions on them for basically treating their workers like actual shit and not providing services for their citizens as it were i'm actually going to do a deep dive into this breaking this down point by point all the ways in which this opinion piece is absolutely wrong and objectively terrible but like I said, that's going to be a long, you know, thing. It doesn't need to be here because ain't nobody got time for that. And we got plenty other stories to deal with. Welcome to the Sunday sum up, everyone. We are just getting started. So beyond that terrible article, um, there was another thing that I saw on the exact same day. And it was this. The cover of the New Statesman was about spirit of the age, why tech billionaires are the new revolutionaries. In what fucking world are these sociopaths revolutionaries? And whose great idea was it to make Jeff Bezos look like literal Lex Luthor space villain? And then we also got to talk about the halo, right? It's clearly meant to be a halo around his head, but also, oh look, it could totally be just part of the helmet because he's wearing the spacesuit. See? He's such a visionary, wants to put all the carbon in space. And there he is, you know, holding the world in his hand, looking upon it almost scornfully. Like, you know, the very real villain that he is. This man and others are not actually revolutionaries. Real revolutionaries would work to actively fix the myriad of problems on this planet and devote their vast, nearly incomprehensible fortunes to addressing that problem. That would actually earn them the title of being God Heroes of Mankind. But they show no interest in doing that because they are still, at the end of the day, a bunch of selfish, sociopathic, capitalist assholes. There is absolutely nothing revolutionary in that. But hey, I could talk about Amazon and Jeff Bezos and how they're terrible and all these rich, greedy assholes are terrible. But uh, we still got plenty more to cover, including, of course, the 60-minute segment that everyone's seen by now. Haugen told us the root of Facebook's problem is in a change that it made in 2018 to its algorithms, 
the programming that decides what you see on your Facebook newsfeed. So, you know, you have your phone. You might see only 100 pieces of content if you sit and scroll off for, you know, five minutes. But Facebook has thousands of options it could show you. The algorithm picks from those options based on the kind of content you've engaged with the most in the past. And one of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger than it is to other emotions. Misinformation, angry content yeah. is enticing to people it's and keep, keeps them on the platform. Yes. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money. You know, after seeing that clip, that should remind everyone another reason why Facebook should not be given a seat at the United Nations, like that author of that terrible opinion article decided was a good idea to write. They absolutely cannot be trusted with doing the right thing. As Francis very correctly points out, Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site, they'll click on less ads, they'll make less money, and they don't want that. They want to make money. Do we do the right thing or do we make money? They're going to go with money every single time because they don't care because that's what capitalism is all about at the end of the day. It's about seeing things through the lens of how much money you can make. It's not about doing the right thing or the correct thing or actually helping people. It's how much money can we make for shareholders? That's it. Oh, which I guess that uh, brings us to the next story that I saw, which was on October 4th, where apparently Energy Lawsuits Pact threatens Paris climate deal. Yeah, apparently uh, numerous fossil fuel industries are beginning to sue countries or threatening to sue countries if they try and actually reach their Paris Agreement targets. Fear of multi-billion euro lawsuits from fossil fuel investors is putting the Paris Agreement on climate change at risk, one of the deal's architects has warned. Compensation claims from a pact that allows companies to sue countries over policies that affect their investments could amount to more than a trillion euros by 2050, according to one estimate. That's capitalism for you. Oh, you're affecting our investment, so we're going to sue you, even though you're trying to save the planet so that, you know, even we as people can have a future economy to participate in. This is so short-sighted and yet entirely unfucking surprising What's also particularly interesting is how this pact that's threatening these lawsuits originally came to be. The Energy Charter Treaty, or ECT, was originally drawn up to protect energy firms as the Soviet Union crumbled, but new analysis suggests it could allow coal plants in 54 signatory states to keep belching carbon dioxide for more than a decade. A treaty that was meant to prevent chaos following the collapse of the Soviet Union is now being used to hold the planet hostage for the sake of investment. Oh my fucking god. Like, this is your planet too, assholes. If you want to have a future economy and a future business model, you kind of need the planet and the people on it to survive. But then again, we're not exactly uh, doing a bang up job on that. Considering the next story, babies have 15 times more microplastics in their bodies than adults, a new pilot study has found. Now, it is worth noting that uh, they speculate that the reason why babies are having more microplastics is that they're, you know, chewing and gumming on toys that are 
predominantly plastic in nature and so that breaks off small shavings and that's how they get microplastics into their body also from crawling around on carpets that have microplastics in them and again unfortunately microplastics are just kind of everywhere like if you wash synthetic clothing under tap it produces microplastics Either way, still super concerning that little tiny baby humans who have barely been on this earth have more microplastics than fully grown adult humans. We are doing a great job as a species. And there isn't really much more to say about this story, but it still absolutely infuriates me. It's in the form of this tweet from Max Burns, and it's thus. Still thinking about the incredible story of Jocelyn Bell Burnell, Burnell discovered the first two pulsars as part of her PhD research, only to be totally excluded from recognition when her all-male research team won the Nobel Prize in 1974. Can I say I'm disappointed? Absolutely. Am I surprised? Not in the slightest. And of course, I have to find this out from Twitter and not actual history because people keep saying that, oh no, if you actually study history through this analysis, it makes the white people uncomfortable, especially the white men uncomfortable. This is so egregious. She was literally the first to discover it and she was excluded from the all-male team and she was the person who discovered it. These jackasses don't have a Nobel Prize to throw in people's faces without this woman who doesn't have a Nobel Prize. What the actual fuck is wrong with us? But in any case, it's actually just part of a Twitter thread that shows that um, there were some people who were equally mad that she was left out and uh, she still got some grant money and definitely paid it forward in the form of funds and scholarships to get more women into science. It's a decent thread, go read it, solid stuff. That will definitely make us feel better after this just really egregious snub. So we're coming up to about the halfway point, which I guess means I should talk a little bit more about um, some stuff north of the border, because that's what I saw on October 5th. That's right, we're still only a few days into the week in review. There was this following video on Facebook that I saw that is pretty egregious and infuriating. This girl has a hole puncher, so does that guy, and they're punching holes in the tail, so they come up dead when we put them back. They're hole punching them and putting them back in our traps. See that? That's a hole puncher in her hand. She even admitted to it. They hole punched a cedar and put her back in our trap. Didn't even notch her or throw her back or anything. Hole punching tinkers. You can see the hole puncher in her hand. This guy's doing the same thing with the traps on the ground. Yeah, remember how over a year ago, Mi'kmaq fishermen were basically being harassed by white fishermen out on the East Coast and the RCMP really did next to nothing? All while the natives there were really just exercising their treaty rights, like they're allowed to do this. Well, as you see in that clip, that is literally the Department of Fisheries and Oceans looking while the Canadian Coast Guard uses a hole puncher to clip through the shells of lobsters so that they slowly bleed out and die to prevent the Mi'kmaq from actually, again, engaging in their treaty rights. If we could just not for one year, I would really appreciate it. 
Like, what are people supposed to do when the people in positions of authority also do nothing to actually ensure that you are allowed to engage in the rights that you have been given via treaty? It is absolutely infuriating and also just blatantly disgusting. It's a waste of food. All for what? To spite natives? Like, come on. And, you know, it's... While that's a very egregious story, I feel it still, weirdly enough, pales in comparison to this from Reuters. Clean environment could become UN human right. Not so fast, say US and Britain. Yeah, apparently Britain and the United States are among a few countries withholding support for a proposal brought at the United Nations that would recognize access to a safe and healthy environment as a human right, prompting criticism that they are undermining their own pledges ahead of the Glasgow Climate Conference. Now, the Human Rights Council is expected to adopt this no matter what, but it's pretty telling that the United States and Britain, as well as other, you know, well-known offenders such as Russia and Brazil, are against this declaration because that means they would have to not do terrible things in the interest of humanity as opposed to the interests of their shareholders. Which I know, that's a big ask, right? Now, I know it's just a declaration and it wouldn't necessarily be binding, to a lot of people, but it would still be a positive step forward and allow for more people to begin to fully articulate comments and also show like comparisons with other nations. Hey, they agree to this and they're still doing all right. Why can't we do the same? It's another way of building very real pressure on something that needs pressuring. But no, big ol' oil producers and massive wasteful energy nations such as the US and the UK are saying, Nope, can't have that. A not so subtle reminder that these people are villains in the story of mankind. And I guess that means on a related climate change note, we should talk a little bit more about the aftermath of Hurricane Ida. A month after Ida's landfall, Louisianians decry third world conditions. Bruce Wesley stood outside his wrecked mobile home, pointing to a small lime green tent, two patio chairs, and a 30-quart aluminum pot atop a single propane burner. For more than a month, that's been our bedroom, our living room, and our kitchen, said the 65-year-old disabled Navy veteran. He and his wife, Christina, are among thousands of Southeast Louisianians struggling more than a month after Hurricane Ida swept through the heart of Cajun country. Hey, so remember in that not-so-long-ago video where I pointed out that uh, we're definitely going to abandon people on the coast as things go on in the future, which, as I pointed out in that video, we've kind of already done that. Where there are many people still trying to recover from Hurricane Katrina, and that was like 15 years ago at this point. With storms and flooding becoming far more frequent and far more powerful with every passing year because of climate change, this is impacting coastal communities. And many don't even have the ability or the financial freedom to move, even if it is for their own safety or for economic reasons. Like I said in that video, it's all tied together and it's not going to be good in the future. It's going to become a lost coast unless we do something serious about it. But unfortunately, most of the states in that area are red states and they really don't care. And again, this article was from October 5th and Ida was like, what, a month ago now, possibly more? As Wesley says, we can't keep living like this. We just need any damn thing to get off the ground, man. Oh, look, it's almost like people actually need help. And for all the people on the right who love to say people want a hand up, not a hand out. Well, then give them a hand up already. This is ridiculous. 
In most areas, it looked as if Ida rolled through only a day or two ago. Old timers who say they've seen it all swear they have never witnessed a more destructive storm. Nothing's been cleaned up, people aren't getting help, and it's been how many weeks or a month now at this point? It's ridiculous and shameful and embarrassing. But again, nobody cares because, oh, gotta keep my shareholders happy, gotta keep them happy. Which weirdly brings us to the next story. Fossil fuel industry gets subsidies of $11 million a minute, IMF fines. Yeah, the International Monetary Fund did an analysis and found that globally and in total, fossil fuel companies basically get $11 million in taxpayer subsidies every minute. Like, what? The IMF found the production and burning of coal, oil, and gas was subsidized by $5.9 trillion in 2020, with not a single country pricing all its fuel sufficiently to reflect their full supply and environmental costs. When are we going to rightly riot over this kind of stuff? When are we finally going to say enough is enough and that these people need to be reined in and we need to reclaim our taxpayer money for the purpose of actually helping taxpayers and saving the single goddamn planet we live on? It's just so wild that that much money is given freely as subsidies to a industry that we know is actively contributing to the destruction of the planet. I am so tired of this, y'all. But still got a few more for you. Remember all my talk about the Catholic Church and how they've basically been let off the hook for the money that they're supposed to owe to the survivors of the residential schools that they ran the majority of? Well, there was an upsetting development to that story. Well, not a development, rather a revelation to that story from earlier this week. In 2015, six days after Trudeau was sworn in, Justice Department abandoned its appeal of court decision, relieving Catholic Church of its agreement to pay $79 million to residential school settlement. Jody Wilson-Raybould was not made aware and no one is saying who okayed the decision. Literally less than a week after Trudeau was first sworn in and with the new justice minister being a indigenous woman, the government dropped its, you know, appeal of trying to get the Catholic Church to rather rightly pay money owed to survivors of the residential school program, a form of cultural genocide, and no one told the actual justice minister, and it's unclear who actually signed off on the deal. Which, again, on top of our Prime Minister going surfing on the National Day of Truth and Reconciliation was just... Oh man, yeah, we got a lot of work to do on the reconciliation file. Just really disheartening to see and learn more about all the ways in which this supposedly feminist and progressive government has been anything but. And then, of course, in other news, there was the revelation that over 330,000 minors had been abused sexually by Catholic Church priests in France since the 1960s. I mean, a lot of indigenous people here in Canada could have told you that for free. And if this is also happening over in France, kind of makes you wonder where else it's happening. And also for how long and how the Catholic Church is really just a terrible organization and institution that needs to be taxed into literal oblivion. It's just like, I should just make a playlist at this point about all the different videos where I'm dunking rightly so on the Catholic Church. So yeah, if this is going on, as we know, in Canada and also France, let's just take a look at the rest of the Catholic world and we probably aren't going to like what we find. 
But are we gonna look into that? No, I don't think we're gonna do that. That would be the good and right thing to do and can't have that in the modern day apparently. Which again, speaking of the fact that we live in the timeline where we aren't allowed nice things, we need to talk about Lebanon a bit. Lebanon has been straight up not having a good time since about 2019. There was an acute economic crisis that started then, and then the Beirut blast in 2020 did not help matters. It also took out like a quarter of the country's grain supply. And all these factors and political corruption and political deadlock are all coming to a head. People have no money because there's no jobs. Uh, people are homeless and they can't afford chemotherapy. People are waiting in lines to maybe get food. They can't even secure enough food, but you know, hopefully they start lining up at four in the morning, they'll get food or gas. Lines at gas stations are also massive. And on October 9th, we got news that Lebanon was plunged into a total blackout Saturday after two main power stations went offline because they ran out of fuel, the state electricity corporation said. That's right, the power stations that generate power for Lebanon have run out of fuel. Meaning if the Lebanese people want any kind of electricity, they need to pay for expensive personal use generators. And if you're wondering, no, most people can't afford those. It is a massive and terrible peak of this crisis that has been going on for at least two years now. In fact, the situation is so bad that some people like Al Jazeera are calling Lebanon a failed state. It is a very long article and unfortunately depressing, but it's telling the stories of many just average Lebanese people trying to get by and how they really can't because everything in the state seems to have failed. And their leaders, again, aren't doing anything to address it because they are just so corrupt. And I think from everything, that's the theme here this week. Our leaders, be they in the government, in church, in various corporations, they so clearly do not care about anyone but themselves and the people with the money that they are beholden to. From Facebook, to Amazon, to the government's doling out subsidies for oil and gas, to government corruption as we've seen in Lebanon, to the church still protecting its own as they literally abuse hundreds of thousands of children. And they get away with it. Time after time, these absolute scumbags get away with it. The people in power are literally getting away with allowing children to be sexually abused, allowing those abusers to be off the hook for financial compensation to the victims, letting people in corporations who are actively ruining the planet and putting microplastics in babies, they're letting them get away with it and in fact giving them free money on top of that. And all the while, people like that jackass who wrote that opinion article about Amazon and Facebook deserve seats at the UN. No, they don't. Because just take a look around. They haven't made the world any better. It is so egregious and terrible and just, it feels insane. And yet these were real articles, real headlines, with real statements from real people talking about the very real problems we face. 
And yet these absolute scumbag criminals are getting away with it. How do we fix this? How can we effectively challenge this? Is it a mix of electoralism and literally going to their offices and dragging these people out by the neck and forcing them to renounce everything they own? I really don't know, but something needs to be done because all of these, all like dozen or more stories have that same undercurrent of letting the worst of the worst among us come to positions of power and do terrible, awful things to all of us, including children. And they are not being held to account. They're often enabled by their fellows in power, whether it's in the power of government, corporations, or a church apparatus like the Catholic Church. It is absolutely offensive, and we all know it's wrong, and something's gotta give. But is that gonna happen anytime soon? I don't know. Will it ever happen? I know that even less. It is so damning and infuriating, and if you can't tell, it is definitely what's bothering me today.